welcome back to episode 5 of Arcanum Theurgy. I'm Dan Rasinowski. I'm Joseph Schaefer. Today we're going to talk about hermetic salt and nitre, the symbols and a bit of a context about them. But So we're going to probably go from a macro to micro. Dan will just take over first with an overview intro to just salt generally in, yeah. you know... Um, physical form and in the occult and just the broadest context and then uh i'll give like a a hermetic alchemical aspects of it so right dan if you want to just take it away so um salt in the occult uh what is salt uh salt is a compound consisting of two other compounds you got sodium and chlorine which both of those compounds together make salt and these do have properties uh both spiritual and physical, uh, when you combine them both, Pythagoras actually had said himself that salt was an emblem for justice, uh, for it preserves all things and prevents corruption. So, kind of going into the whole thing about salt, you know, pre- you know, uh, yeah, the preserving aspect of it, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> it's property, it's property of preserving, preservation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, justice preserves whatever it animates. Uh, he then suggested too, since you know he thought it was so important, he said. Uh, he well, he suggested that a salt cellar be placed on the table at every meal, as to remind men the um, emblematic virtue of it. Just hmm. how you know important it is like look at this, yeah. remember this, right? Yeah. So um, when you're using salt in any sort of form, uh, whether it be you know for spiritual purposes or purposes of uh, rituals, uh, it is said that it is best used for either, or excuse me, it the best form of it is an iodized salt, like table salt. You want to use either sea salt or kosher salt because the okay. iodization <clears throat> can... Well, it's not pure. It's not pure, yeah. exactly, exactly. So you just want to avoid it because... Well, that And kind of going into the alchemical aspect, you know, they always say you want to work with the purest thing. Like you're supposed to boil everything down to its purest aspect <clears throat> so that you can work with it. Absolutely. So similar, I guess, with salt in the occult is... You yeah, know, you, you want the purest form. Yeah, you don't want like a manufactured, yeah, you know, like chemically treated, mass produced, yeah. bleached, yeah, exactly. Something that arises naturally out of the sea and all the salt flats, so that type of thing. Yes, yeah, so you can get it from there too, salt flats, it's natural. Um, so speaking of that, uh, you said like, you know, the salt flats and all of that. Um, it's used in a physical form, in its physical form, uh, to represent earth on an altar. So if you have an altar and it's either, you know, to... Um, I guess you could say an altar to something. You want mm-hmm. to have a meaning. You put salt on there to represent earth. So it has its own meaning within itself. It's not just salt is salt. Salt can mean earth too, which I'm sure that probably comes up in the alchemical. Not necessarily as earth, but um, it has That its own. will come up to some extent. There is a tie, but I'm also being reminded of that saying, I think it's in Matthew. Jesus says, you know, you're the salt of the earth. <laughs> There's that, and there's the Rolling Stones song, Salt of the Earth. Yeah, uh, speaking of that, uh, before I go any further with any of this, um, salt is mentioned, I do believe, no less than 64 times within the Bible. Okay. So it does come up quite a lot. I think there's a story, I think it's Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, um, she turns into a exact, pillar, pillar of salt. Of salt yeah. yeah, so it, salt comes up again. It's something where you see it all over. Mm-hmm. Nobody, it, it, salt is... It's just the symbols and these meanings are, are <clears throat> present throughout all of history. You know what? One day we should do a really um, heretical, historically anachronistic episode about like um, 
biblical sort of because Julius Evola references interestingly um, the Bible and how certain parts of it seem to be kind of um, hermetic, like they pull you know, an from alchemical, hermetical. yeah, like or you can read certain things, stories or psalms or, or sayings in. A hermetic context. And that's something that I'm pretty sure people don't even know. Yeah. Well, there's a whole book called The Jewish Alchemists, too, where I believe there's long sections where they talk about people in the Old Testament that uh, they suspect were, like, alchemists. And, they were and cons- like, there's references to metals throughout that they can be viewed through that lens and that type of thing. So that could be an interesting episode, maybe, like, just when we want to take a break from pure symbolism, you know, for a bit. But that would take some research. But well, of course. That could be something to pipe, pipe. I'd be more than willing to do that. I mean, we got a Bible, so we can definitely <laughs> dig through and got a couple and, of them. Yeah. yeah so that that'd be interesting. I'd I'd like to do that too. Um, so uh, we talked about you know what is salt, what it consists of. Uh, Pythagoras, who mentions that it is quite an important compound physically, and then we have here uh, what salt does in its physical form for these rituals, for these uh, things that you would want to do with it. Um, because of its molecular structure, it's cubed, it traps energy. So, uh, yeah, that's why people use it uh, to protect or to keep stuff out. Like, you know, so if you're sure, doing, yeah. Yeah. So if you're doing a ritual, you put salt in a circle around where you're doing the ritual and it absorbs the negative energy, specifically negative energy. It doesn't do positive energy hmm. um which is interesting i'm not too sure yeah that is interesting i don't yeah that'd be it, cool to delve into a little bit at some point yeah so exactly because i don't know how it differentiates or or what the the quote-unquote science is behind it but um it absorbs negative energy it does not repel some people think that salt repels spirits or oh, it keeps them so it kind of locks them it locks them in place it's not a force field per se exactly okay. maybe they see the salt and it would keep them away, but it doesn't just repel them. They will get trapped within the salt, these negative energies, these spirits. Hmm. They will get trapped in the salt, and then what you're supposed to do is literally sweep them up and dump it. Like, you sweep them up and you dump it <laughs> and you get rid of it. Okay. So, it's kind of like not A just, ritual salt site. Yeah. Like a dumping site. A dumping trapped site. Trapped spirits. It, Ooh. That could be a good thing for, like, a scary movie. Like, you know, instead of an Indian burial ground, just, like... A house is built on top of like a, a salt heap. mound. Yeah. yeah, where like occultists for centuries were dumping like salt cubes that had you know or spirits trapped in mind or something. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, can I mention just something yeah, interesting too? Ahead. As I was reading the uh, the Evola book with the UR group, the UR group um, introduction to magic, and one of the writers was talking about when you sort of like astrally project. I think I remember telling you about this. When you astrally project while you're awake, it's best to do it within a circle of salt. <clears throat> because you're leaving your vessel of your body open to uh, intrusion by, you know, demons, perhaps. You know, he said he did say, interestingly though, if you do it while you're asleep, like astral project while you're asleep, you're safe because there's spirits that watch over you while you're asleep. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> you would think maybe the opposite. Yeah, like you'd be more vulnerable. But I guess while you're awake, you're you're that that active principle of your body perhaps can be usurped. By the demon, by uh, or I don't know. demon or negative spirit, wild stuff. <laughs> hey, you're telling me. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, you 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 put the salt around where you want to protect, or where maybe you know you have a spirit in your house or whatever. You put it down; um, it gets absorbed into the salt, yeah. and then, like I said, you're literally supposed to sweep it up 
and go dump it somewhere and get rid of it. Um, and then it can also be applied to uh, a more personal uh, aspect um, in the sense that you can put it on your skin. You put it on your skin with uh, certain oils or even just by itself. And what it does is it um, absorbs personal negative energies. And then, again, you wash it off. So you would do it when you're bathing. You would use salt to um, draw all these toxins out, these negative energies. And then you Well, that even goes away. on to the day. Even, like, um, among, it's like a status thing. Like, if you get, like, soap from the Dead Sea or something, you know, because it's so salty you can just float, float in there. It, so, yeah, yeah same, even to this day, yeah, similar type thing. So, yeah, that also being said, I'm sure the Dead Sea is some very sacred site oh, to... Oh, it's got to be. Yeah, to, to somebody here. I haven't come across it in any readings yet, but I'm I'm sure... Well, you know how life is funny, too, sometimes. You, you, now that I said it, we'll probably see it, like, in a couple All places. All over the you know place, I mean? yeah, yeah. So. <clears throat> so, yeah, you, you can use it on yourself. Take all the negative uh, energies out of you and wash it off. And then there's two kinds of salt. Um, well, there's more. But there was two that I Yeah, found. that comes through mine, too, even her- hermetically, like, symbolic. There's many different kinds. Many so, different yeah. kinds, yeah. So uh, I only wrote down two because those were the most prevalent, I suppose. Okay. Um, and there's black salt, and then there's... Uh, there's Oh, there's two kinds of black salt. Excuse me. There's two kinds of salt, but they're black salts. There's black lava salt, and then there's Himalayan black salt. Okay. So what the black lava salt is um it's created by combining sea salt specifically and charcoal what the uh salt does is as i just said it absorbs the negative energies and the spirits and 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 all of that sort of thing it traps it within itself but the charcoal uh absorbs toxins so you combine the two together it's kind of like you remove negative energy remove toxins from the body so you're combining this very sacred i guess you could say um substance with a more practical sort of substance because we use charcoal all the time it's used in filters it's used as utensils um you know all kinds of things uh and you combine them together and it it pulls everything out of you combining those two together which (laughs) i thought was interesting and that's how you create black lava i'm not too sure how they combine it um I think there's, like, Hawaiian black salt where they use, like, a mortar and pestle and they smash coconuts and lava rock and salt together in, like, a, you know... I want to say I've seen, like, what it looks like, but, you know, just somewhere on the internet or something. You know, I never delved into delve it. Delved really, into yeah. it, yeah. Well, I mean, you really never had a reason to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um... So, with that being said, there's a lot of, uh... practical uses for it. It's not necessarily just spiritual even though it has very uh strong spiritual connotations it can be used as a practical sense it's very medicinal a lot of places use it as a medicine and that may, that brings me to the himalayan black salt which it's an ayurvedic i don't know if i'm saying that right an ayurvedic medicine it's considered a cooling spice and it's used for digestive problems that includes you know heartburn constipation uh bowel trouble in general so it's got a spiritual aspect and then it also has its um, you know, physical, uh, medical aspect. And sure. it's very important throughout all cultures. If you look up uh, salt. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, it, black salt, any kind of salt, you, you'll see going all the way back to ancient times that it is uh, an extremely important medicinal or um, sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking here for? Uh, like, just, it, it, it's medicinal. 
It, it's a medicinal. Uh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I'm trying to say. It's it's got a ton of different uses. Medicinal, um, kind of uh, relaxing. You know, get the Himalayan salt lamps. Yeah, right. Where they're like orange, and you put a light in it. And it's supposed to promote relaxation. So all of that stuff. Mm. Before I just say medicinal, eat more. Time. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's medicinal, really. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then I, I also talked about this already. You, you use it in rituals. People put it in rituals. Use it right. around rituals to keep negative energies out, to keep negative spirits out who want to ruin the ritual because like i said the negative energy it absorbs negative energy so no matter what only the good energies the good spirits are going to come in and the uh, bad ones are going to be blocked out so that's why you always see uh the well not always but there's cases where when you're doing a ritual you make a circle out of salt you make the whole thing yeah, out of salt right. and it just it it does what you want it to do but that is the more physical uh yeah, aspect like practical, of it yeah. yeah practical both um you know, spiritually, in rituals, and medicinally. But now I'm going to pass it to you, Joe, and you're going to tell me all about, or you're going to tell us all about the uh, hermetic uh, salt and its symbol. Sure, yeah. So um, I think a lot of what I have, uh, a lot of what you said will sort of come through uh, echo, rhyme, perhaps even with, with this sort of more symbolic aspect of salt. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Um, so I'm going to describe the actual symbol itself that is used to represent salt in like hermetic texts and stuff. Uh, it's a circle with a horizontal line going right across the middle of it. So it just cuts it into two halves, basically. So from what we know from our previous episodes, we can see that, as Julius Evola describes, this circle with the horizontal line in it represents stagnant prima material. The circle being the prima material, I'm sorry, prima materia. And the horizontal line in it representing passivity or uh, stagnation. Oswald Worth provides an explanation of the symbol in Hermetic Symbolism and its relations to alchemy and Freemasonry. Um, And also Don Antoine Joseph Bernetti points out in his Mystical Hermetic Dictionary, like we just said, that there are many different kinds of salt, and he lists a lot of them. Um, Worth notes this as well, but explains to us that the symbolically named marine salt, so kind of like we were just saying with the sea, like naturally occurring, uh, the marine salt is the most indispensable and widespread. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he explains that the horizontal line in the circle separates the cosmic ocean, dividing it into superior or upper and inferior or lower waters. He elaborates, quote, We are no longer in the presence of indeterminate chaos in an abstract sense to which no quality could be attributed. The horizontal bar that traverses the zero or circle endows it with the value of a substance, stressing that substance, uh, no longer sensible but intelligible, unquote. It is here that he also admits that it's difficult to translate what these symbols are meant to incite one to conceive of, so he's just kind of doing his best, you know. Um, and it, it's, it's, that's another thing, too, that's like the symbols, are you, they're kind of intuitive, you know. But since, like, so long, we modern people have kind of lost so much of their intuition. We kind of have to try and translate the symbols and learn about them in that way, you know, which is what we're doing. So, Worth uh, wraps up his section on salt by explaining that for the Hermeticists, chaos manages or gets by because of the separation of the subtle from the thick or heavy. From this results the creation of sky and earth or heaven and earth, the initial act of Genesis. So again, biblical stuff here. 
He ends saying, quote, All that exists thus has its sky and earth, as the sign for salt indicates. Unquote. So top half and lower half. Sky and earth. As above, as below, oh, even, too. You know? Wow. Yeah. So, again, like salt, something that seems just so simple, really is a powerful symbolic substance. And everyone you know? has salt. I mean, regard, <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, and, and, and even it's though in your it's, body, even, too. Yeah, you know? even though it's iodized and it's like the garbage... Yeah, you still have it, and it's still salt. So it's funny, like you just said, how people have just like kind of just see it now as a mundane object. When in reality, it's got all these you know big meanings to it and and symbolisms behind it. Right. So that's very interesting. Yeah. Um, so just getting back to it, uh, Julius Evola writes in the Hermetic Tradition: "Quote: This is the state of petrifaction, arrest, suspension, and stagnation devoid of life." It is the body element in the widest sense where the gold, although present, is as restricted in its power as the opposite principle to which it has reacted, unquote. He also writes that, quote, salt expresses the physical state or world interpreted as a state or world in which the corpses of invisible battles of cosmic interferences between powers are precipitated. Here the body is equivalent to the sepulcher or prison, the symbolic rock to which Prometheus has been chained in order to purge the unfortunate failure of the titanic audacity, equivalent to the act of possession, to the primordial individuation that did violence to the goddess, unquote. So there's that real dense Evolian language. Yeah, um, that titanic audacity. Yeah, <laughs> that would be a good band name. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so... Basically, what you can just kind of take from that in the broadest sense is that salt is kind of related to the idea of the body. Mm. And it, even though, like, you're supposed to move past the materialism of the body, you have to understand that it's needed. Yeah. The body, salt, is connected to the spirit and the soul, and mercury is what binds all them together. We can get into the whole tripartite thing. Oswald Worth writes very interesting stuff about that. Well, isn't, like, this, like salt in alchemy is uh, you use it to break down... Um, essentially the garbage. Like, it's used as that sort of agent, correct? Um, kind of. Uh, from what I... I understand, although once we get into like more of the practice stuff, I'll have to review a lot of that. But okay. I think there's probably some truth to that. But also, it's kind of like the bedrock for the alchemical work. That's kind of what I was saying. Like, you know what the, I mean? It's like, like, it's like salt's always at the bottom and it's like important really important yeah and it's even though it may not have like the sort of nobility that the other ass symbolic like gold things have yeah or mercury and Mm -hmm. and silver Mm -hmm. um it's 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 still crucial okay but hierarchically it's kind of low down but as far as like a no noble type thing you know okay but definitely necessary of course yeah it serves its purpose which is what true hierarchy is i guess so true um, so the salt is passive, restricted, imprisoned prima materia, and also the body. Evola writes later, uh, quote, Let us declare that man carries hermetically in his soul the presence of the solar and golden force. In his spirit, he carries that of the lunar and mercurial force. And finally, in the body, the force of salt is expressed, unquote. So there you go. Hmm. Direct quote from Julius Evola. He also notes that salt, body, stone, and earth and the aspect of hermetic symbolism are basically equivalent. Oswald Wirth, again, writes similarly that, quote, salt is at the base of all that takes form, unquote. And he describes it as the, quote, stabilizing principle of bodies, unquote. So it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's, it's crucial in, 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 its, in its purpose, like what it does being like the basis for the body. And thus the work. Okay. Even though it may not be as important as what is the goal, you still need it to kind of 
bounce off yeah, of. It's, it's it's like the ground that the rocket pushes off to, off of. Or, you know or like saying? a puzzle. It's a piece of the puzzle. You need it. That too. You can't finish it without that piece. So, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So salt is kind of whenever you kind of talk about salt, usually you come across nitre as well. So with what we know of salt and its symbol, uh, let's just explain nitre and its actual symbol. So the actual symbol is a circle with a vertical line representing activity, splitting it into two halves. So it's basically the salt symbol rotated 90 degrees. Mm-hmm. Oswald Worth writes of the rotated salt symbol, quote, it is no longer the symbol of a calm sagacity, but the ideogram of all revolts, starting with that of Lucifer, unquote. Ooh. So, yeah, that... Uh, <clears throat> Well, I'll just keep going. Mm-hmm. Evola writes some on the symbol uh, itself in the Hermetic tradition, so the actual symbol. He says, quote, There is a special alchemical symbol that is in part equivalent to the sun, arsenic, sorry, the sun, quote, arsenic, unquote, which is explained by the Greek word, uh, work, word arsenikon, meaning both arsenic and masculine or virile. Still another symbol is nitre or saltpeter, whose ideogram indicated the predominance of a phallico-virile principle, i.e. the vertical line which cuts through the prima materia represented by the circle, unquote all that. Evola also points out that the nitre can express uh, heat that activates the light and active boiling virtue of the divine powers in opposition to mercurius or sound. Uh, I don't really know what the sound is. Probably I think it's like the waves. Evola doesn't say as much about nitre as he does for salt, but uh, for as much explanation and context as possible, I'll quote another small passage. Not directly linked, but still just more on it, just, like I said, for more context. Quote, The Greek literature speaks of a virility, or arsenic, prepared with Egyptian nitre. Nitre, again, indicates the specifically masculine qualification of the spiritual energy, while the Egypt in these doctrines is often the equivalent symbol for the body and of such a force, nitre, as is produced in the body, unquote. So it kind of almost seems like um, from that passive active, you can you can either bring in nitre or you can convert your salt to nitre to give, make you more active and solar and masculine and virile to sort of pr- propel you into the next phases. It's kind of what it seems like he's saying of the alchemical Right. Transition from so basically you, lead, salt, earth, up into, um, I think the next step would be mercury or silver. Or, or, I'm sorry, sulfur. Then mercury, silver, then gold, sun. So you... you okay. I'm, okay. Pretty, I'm pretty sure that's right. But we'll we'll do another episode as well we on really, like the color symbolism of the phases, probably. Right, yeah, because there's definitely the colors associated with it, like... Uh, Cinnabar, I think, is one. Yeah, Cinnabar. Yeah, so, which that's even Evolution's autobiography is called The Path of Cinnabar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've mentioned that in yeah. an episode for sure. I remember that. So we'll definitely have to uh, get into that. So. so that basically wraps it up for just Salt and Niter, but I do have just another interesting thing, um, somewhat related, um, about just mere symbols that just kind of help us, again, since we now understand what the building blocks of these symbols are and what they mean and how they work, we can sort of intuit further meanings. And so I just want to provide some examples. So Worth notes that uh, the superposition of the symbol of salt, so the horizontal one, over the symbol for niter, the vertical, makes the ideogram for earth, the circle with the cross in it, as we just described in our previous episode. 
So you have the circle with the cross cutting it into quadrants. From here, there are three other symbols we can mention, uh, the meaning of which will seem pretty intuitive to us now since we understand how the cross, circle, horizontal, and vertical lines work. We have the symbol representing the animal, like animal state or uh, you know aspect, which is the earth symbol with the left side of the horizontal bar missing. So you would just have out of the center, the, you'd have the vertical line and then only the right side of the horizontal one. Okay. So this represents instability, which is kind of plain to see, but it's instability caused by an excess of activity as the vertical active bar has dominance within the prima materia. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's interesting. So that's the animal. And then the vegetal is just the earth symbol because, as you went over in our last episode, all of the arms of the cross are present, representing equilibrium. Mm -hmm. And then in that center, there's a power, like fire. Yeah, as I put it. Yeah, or the quintessence, as I was saying. Mm -hmm. So, And then there's the mineral, which we could all probably guess what it is at this point, but it's the earth symbol with the bottom part of the vertical line missing, which represents stability by an excess of passivity as the horizontal passive bar has dominance in the prima materia. So I just thought that was really interesting and worth including. That goes on a little bit more of something called a vitriol, which we can probably do something about, perhaps. Um, yeah, but I was kind of thinking next, since we've gone over the cross, we've mentioned the important tripartite thing, we know about the sun and moon, um, and we are always mentioning mercury, we should probably maybe move to sulfur and mercury if we find that there's too much to say about both, we can do an episode of sulfur and, and an episode um, of mercury. mercury yeah, because we're gonna try, I think, maybe to keep these down to a half hour. Yeah, that's just you know nice what I mean. Because yeah. yeah, it um, may be forty, forty-five if necessary. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? that would be max though. We wouldn't sit here for yeah. an hour talking about it. But we definitely, I agree. We need to talk about um, sulfur and mercury because it keeps coming up. And, yeah, and, and we haven't yeah. talked about it at all. Yeah. So so um. That's really all I have. Um, did you have another sort of pitch you wanted to mention? Yeah. So, for a future episode idea? So in a future episode, because I was talking about, and I don't know how far into the future, but um, I was talking about, you know, uh, salt and spirits and, and the spirituality and, and all of that. Um, I just wanted to talk about a certain friend of mine, a really good friend of mine. I'm not going to say her name. Uh, we'll call her SB. Uh, okay. SB. Oh, so it's almost like she's BS. Uh, no. Ooh. Oh, man, Joe. Symbolic inversion or reversal there. I like it. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, but uh, we'll call her SB. And she herself um, has told me that she has had a lot of uh, spiritual um, connections, a lot of uh, interesting things happen to her. She said that she's experienced a lot of. Uh, paranormal activity, I suppose you can uh, say. Okay. Uh, everywhere she's been, there was a home that she was in where I guess, uh, I, I don't know the home, I don't know where it was, I wouldn't even say if I knew, where she would um, experience these things. And she also said that she would be able to feel certain energies off of people, and she would be able to gauge people uh, based on these energies that she would felt. And I asked her to describe it, and she said that she really couldn't. It was a really weird feeling. She said, like, a wave of exhaustion would come over her when she would feel these certain things. Hmm. And I don't know what that means. Well, that's that, that lunar stuff. That's what I'm that's saying. spoken of. Yeah. We're always talking about how um, women are lunar and how they're... Well, we haven't really talked, but we've talked about that. But women are more, it seems to well, be... Well, that's the feminine aspect. Yeah, yeah, connected to this sort of thing. So she told me right. that, you know, she gets... 
um, very strange vibe. And she's able, she has premonitions because of this, I suppose. Mm. And um, we'll probably talk about this in the future, too, um, in her dreams. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Dreams, yeah. And within her dreams, she said that um, there was a story she told me that uh, she had a dream about a very specific car and a very specific person getting into a car crash and somebody dying and she remember she re- remembers waking up and thinking that that was really really strange and very specific because it wasn't just like yeah like just some like dream furnishings exactly like, here's a car exactly yeah. like there it, it was a specific car and she was like that was weird that felt really weird and off and apparently like a week later um her one of her good friends uh grand gra- her grandmother got into a car accident died and then her friend went to show her these photos of her grandma because she's like oh you know at the funeral because they were getting uh, together like a you know the, the photos that they put at like a funeral or a, a wake mm-hmm. it's kind of like a memory board sort of deal yeah she was looking at the photos and she goes oh my god you know that's the car so, in my uh, she, dream she prem- yeah premonition in dreams yeah that's the car that's the person and um you know just just stuff like that and and that was a really broad and admittedly poor description on my part of what she told me, okay, because um, it was a lot. And with that being said, that's yeah, why well, I like she to, can yeah, I, I, premonition she, from premonitions. She has premonitions. She feels energy, and she gets um, certain vibes from uh, certain situations. And she thinks you know something bad's going to happen. It normally does. Uh oh, which is weird. <laughs> yeah. So with that being said, uh, we she will eventually, I hope, be on the podcast, and she can elaborate herself. Yeah, and I'm thinking. Yeah, we can all these sort of like side ideas. I think those would be good for when we um when we sort of either well if time allows like if she can just do it we'll do it. Mm-hmm. But uh if once we kind of start wrapping up with like the actual symbols to where we think we've explained as much of them as possible when we need to like sort of just dive in and do more research just on the the art and the the more difficult stuff to explain, it could be a nice time where like we could put out some like more you know episodes like that like topical stuff uh to just allow us more time to research Research. stuff yeah yeah absolutely um i just wanted to throw that out there though that we will try to get people on here like that who have experiences within alchemy or within the occult side or spiritual we we would like to have people yeah and we can i mean if people you could reach out too and we can try to hook up something where we can have like interviews with people we said in episode one we're open to having interviews with people right now you know what i mean i mean we'll even take like you know typed i guess you could say forms of like explanations yeah leave a comment or whatever if you want and and we'll definitely talk about it and and give our personal insight into it um yeah and this is uh, you know we're just getting into this whole thing but this podcast it's still kind of taking shape we're trying to get the symbols down and we have a structure for that but um yeah we do plan on doing a whole lot more stuff we plan on doing this podcast for a long time too so it'll keep going and growing so we'll be setting up we're talking about setting up a website um maybe like a blog to so we'll have an email address and all that probably soon enough too, and so then we'll start. Yeah, so whatever. reach out to us if you if you have a question, suggestion, correction, as they always say. You know what I mean? Right. So um, with all that being said, uh, that was episode five of Arcanum Theurgy. Uh, I'm Dan Rasinowski, Joe Schaefer, and thanks once again for tuning in, listening, and you guys take care. Thank you.